Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wake up in the morning feeling like... Okay, now the tough question. Is this a try? Yes or no? Just because I'm a woman. <laughs> Hello, tryhards. Hello, beans. Laura Jane Jones. Hi, everybody. How how was your weekend? Yeah, it was good, thank you. Um, pretty pretty busy. Was uh, road tripping to Twickenham which is a little bit further than normal now. Um, and then road tripping to another country. Didn't need my passport though. Um, Not yet. And I just love the fact that when you drive over the Severn Bridge, there are, I literally smiled where the toll booths normally are. <laughs> I was like, you're not gonna get my money, yes. Never gets old, does it? I was saying to somebody in work the other day, when I lived in London, and I had no money ever, I was always skint, I would be able to, um, if I had like 10 pounds clearable money in my bank account, I would take out 10 pounds in cash and then put petrol in my car because that wouldn't come out for like 48 hours and or the other way around so that I had enough money to get over the bridge. And there were times where I would have so little money, I would literally be like finding 10 peas on the back of sofas and it would feel like every week it would go up incrementally, the bloody bridge fee. So uh, how good that there are no tolls. And it was, um, I'm trying to remember how much it was when I first lived there. So it was what, 2003, I think I uh, I went to university there. Um, any listeners that were driving back and forth um, at that time? Um, I'm going to say like, three pound 80 I think oh, really? maybe it was four pound something four pound mark yeah and like five something um I remember going across the road so when I was um traveling from Cardiff over to Clifton I'd share a lift uh with all the Welsh girls uh Claire Flowey and uh Jamie Kift uh Mon Evans Naomi oh I can't remember so many unbelievable pass brilliant kicker um yeah, it's a group of the Welsh players. And then there was a time when loads of people would leave their change as well. So it must have been like 390 or so. So people were leaving their 10 P's. And like they would they would always check. <laughs> oh, that is so Times well. hard. <laughs> the Welshest thing in the world. Um, have you got a pause positivity to start us off this week? You know what? It actually links in with my why I ventured across into the waters. Um well, not into the water because I went over a bridge, but um, came over the border into Wales. Um, 
pause for non-positivity is that I didn't get to see you actually gutted um I think they call that negativity the non-positivity but... <laughs> um I was going on the theme of uh okay. our, little, our little thing um but I ventured over to do Scrum 5 highlights show, which was all Six Nations roundup. Um, loved it. It was brilliant. Really cool to finally meet uh, Catherine he Heled. Heled? Heled. Yeah, Heled. Um, um, wonderful woman. Brilliant to finally meet her because I know that you've spoken very highly of her before. So um, it was really cool to meet all the team and be where you skulk around in the BBC um yeah, but um as and all the little nooks and crannies she she took me to the toilet and that was just like why did like, she take you to the toilet why can you go on your own I thought we've got because I couldn't I couldn't work out how many doors to go through and what it was it, I felt like it was some kind of um <laughs> crystal maze challenge like which door to go into and where to go and all the little booths everywhere but um I really enjoyed it it was really good fun anyway cause positivity was the fact that um, a brilliant player for Cardiff Blues who has been out for a long time, Ellis Jenkins, who I'm sure you can talk about um, far better than I can, um, returned to the field, which is unbelievable. Love those stories. Um, scored a try on his return. But my actual pause to positivity is the fact that he got interviewed and his post-match his post chat was with Chloe. Um, Chloe just unbelievable young supporter of Cardiff Blues and I just loved it um, and fair shout to Cardiff reaching out to people that are probably better than their media department now that you've Absolutely. left or Jane Jones yeah. I mean um, I'm not gonna enjoy that so sorry to my <laughs> yeah, I completely agree so Chloe comes from Kyra Ely um they the work that they've done over the past few years they're not a kind of traditional Heartland Club in Cardiff and they've done a huge amount of work to um, get their kind of minis up and running their younger age grade sides and they've got a really great team community ethos there which um, brings in people who you might not necessarily um, imagine to be involved in rugby and, and Chloe's a prime example of that um, Chloe's obviously got Down syndrome and the fact that she was their digital mascot on on Friday was was really special and um, yeah, just so heartwarming, wasn't it, to see her speaking? To it was them. just lush, and her laugh at the end of the interview yeah. um, was just amazing. And yeah, go on Cardiff Blue social media, um, check it out. It was awesome, and I implore other clubs to think about what they're doing and how they can reach out. Obviously, Wasps have got their digital player. They've signed somebody. I can't remember his name, unfortunately, but um, there's some really cool stuff. And I just think it's it was very, very lovely. Um, and on the back of such a positive story with LS Return. Yeah, that was, I think, if you're a Blues fan, which obviously I am. Uh, <laughs> sure about that? <laughs> yeah, that was a, a hugely, uh, I don't even feel like positive is a big enough word for it. Ellis is an incredible servant to the club and the region. Um, and he's a really impressive and, and lovely, lovely young bloke. And he's somebody that you wouldn't wish the kind of layoff that he's had. But at the same time, you'd have no doubt that he'd come back. And as you said, it's it's about two years that he's been out. Um, I There's a part of me that kind of hoped he'd be back maybe like a month or so sooner and could have had a bit of derby rugby under his belt and perhaps got a little call up into the Welsh squad for the Six Nations and 
and ultimately oh gosh alive. that's a big <laughs> ask <laughs> no but I think that's the thing like if you are if you are familiar with Ellis and the quality player that he is he's somebody who <coughs> excuse me is has really toiled with injury um he makes you look like somebody who uh, has had no issues which takes made some- of granite like he's the glass to your granite Danielle Sean Waterman so yeah it's been awful for him and actually when he got injured he was playing some great rugby and I've got no doubt that he'll return to that level because as we all know class is permanent and who knows if we are looking down the barrel of a Wales Grand Slam push at the end of March by that point maybe Ellis will have been called in and he will be the match winner for Wales in Paris that day. Well, I'm I'm intrigued to see whether you uh, get the rub of the green and, and play against 14 the whole way through. If this is like just a yeah. random Wales <laughs> act of the rugby gods towards I to, Wales. I really laughed. So um, Dav Pritchard, David Pritchard, who is a BBC Wales journalist um, who writes for the website and does radio stuff, if you don't follow him on social media, he's very pithy, is our dad, and he really makes me laugh. And he had a screen grab from uh, With Nail and I, and it was um, basically like, we've won two Six Nations matches by accident. And that's kind of how you feel about Wales. Like previous to the tournament, we were going in and we were like, you know, Wales could be battling Italy for the wooden spoon. And now we're like, oh, bloody hell, I've got this bloody triple crown game now in a fortnight. And it's just... They're, even though Wales have won their two opening matches, there's still this kind of feeling of, oh God, well, the wheels will fall off next week. So in true Welsh fashion, you could see this ending up with a Grand Slam decider in Paris at the end of the tournament, just because it is it is rub of the green to this point. So, you know. It is funny, actually. I, I'm... Um... I'm pleased that my trip to Scrum 5, which was booked probably about three or four weeks ago with uh, with Hugh Tal and the team, that um, that actually it was on the back of a win up in Scotland. I'm not going to lie. Um, when I was talking to, to Tal, a producer, in the week, and we were talking about the show, there was slight concern about the what the content would be and, and how we would talk about it and the fact that I was there as an English woman and, um, and that we would be previewing England Wales, or Wales England, sorry, um, and then when obviously I rocked up, it was a slightly different vibe, slightly more confident. Um, both Ryan Jones and Jamie Roberts both called a Welsh win. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I stuck with an English. Um, well, uh, I tell you what, let's we... park, park the Six Nations for now because let's start off and talk about uh, Tyrrell's Premier 15s. They were in action on the weekend, the girls, um, Exeter just keep winning they don't know how to lose so Susie's girls you know that the tryhards are big fans of Exeter and that is our first day out when life reopens we're down to Sandy Park and we are doing the tomahawk chop in the stands um I know that uh, you were surprised to see Quinns lose again this weekend oh it's massive um although at Twickenham I was with Vicky Cornborough who is England prop and plays for Quinns um and I was like, oh, are you injured? And she's like, well, yeah, that's why I'm here because Quinns are playing. <laughs> um, she was with Guinness as a pundit with Dylan Harley, which is really funny because James Haskell and I did the A2 inside line. Um, Go Online is still on England Rugby Facebook and YouTube. And basically Dylan apologized to her after we'd done our little bit inside because he was like, we're not going to be as fun as that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and actually linking to Exeter, um, before I go talk about Quinn, Colin Searle, friend of the pod, um, was, as part of the Rose Army, was one of the guests of O2. And it was so oh, funny because they, yeah, um, but I was like, oh, Colin, like, how you doing? And he was, and, and then James and Bunks, the producer, started hammering him because he just was just sat on the sofa chilling, like there's no emotion. Um, so yeah, big shout out to him being on there. Um, Colin's anyway, out in Exeter with us. Pardon? Colin's there, we promised him. When we did the live <laughs> pod, I feel like COVID has put a stop to us having a day out with Colin in Exeter, but it's coming. We're gonna go to the standoff. He's just gonna give us the free pints. What a day out that will be. What a oh, day out that will Big be. Big Sue will be there, loving life. Oh, um, yeah. But yeah, I didn't realize how many of the forwards that were injured or out um, playing for Quinns. So Cornborough weren't playing. Um, um, Jay Conkle was part of the Scottish group. They weren't available, which means I'm pretty sure Chloe Raleigh wouldn't have been playing at fullback um, because of, in because of Scot Scotland duties. Um, there's a couple of other players. I think one of their back rowers was injured. So am I surprised at the win when I knew, well, and I knew the result and then I, I heard, uh, and then heard about that, you know, Vicky is one of them, Vicky Hombra has a huge influence on the game, not only at set piece, but she has incredible ball in hand. And one of the things that Quinn's massively rely on is that front foot ball. And they, we couldn't live with them at Wasps because their pack was just so dominant. And it's not just dominance. I think Shauna Brown might have been out as well, um, which is again, a huge ball carrier. So it's, they've got really good set piece. So Abby Ward will lead the line out. Then you've got Cornbra and the experience in the front row of England players. But it's the damage they also do around the field. And then they've got the likes of Burf to obviously shift the ball about with Scotty and stuff. So um, that said, fair play to Loughborough. They, you've kind of been waiting for it. You know, they've got Skaz, um, they've got Helena Rowlands <laughs> at 10. Um, Abby Brown is now coming into her own from the sevens. Um, I'd like to think that I've had a massive impact on Lizzie Goulding, who was yeah. at Wasps, my friend. Um, absolutely legend. She's actually playing, yeah, she's got the 15 shirt. Rona Lloyd, in the back. like, do you know what I mean? Like, they've got yeah. some unbelievable players, so it was only a matter of time. And Helena Rowland posted a wicked picture of her doing this huge, big, like, star jump leap, basically celebrating. So, yeah, well done to them. <laughs> um, in other news... That does mean that Lucky um, are second in the league. Um, they have got a game in hand over wins who sit below them and wasps have got two games in hand who were in fourth um, but it is shaping up for the end of the season to yeah. be quite spicy yeah it's interesting actually sale um bristol got a, a much needed win actually against sale who won 22 12 um and can i just say simi pan lou said oh my days <laughs> you basically scored a try that a wing fullback would be pleased of. I don't know what is in the water with the front row, whether she's like like competing with Berna for GPS um, speed, but she absolutely not only beat people with a fend, which you'd expect, did a little sidestep, fend, fend, and then literally burned it for 30 metres and there was no one to be seen. Um, so class from her. How knackered would um, she have been after that though? How knackered? Just as tired as I would have been, mate. Like, yeah, uh, anyone. And <laughs> um, you've mentioned Bristol, so we probably should give a shout out to uh, Kim Oliver, who has recently left Bristol. And Kim and Kat Merchant have now taken up the reins as the heads of the Ealing Trail Finders Women's Academy, which 
I mean, if there's one club in English rugby that are making moves, they are one of the most um, ambitious clubs around Ealing Trail Finders. They've got a great setup. I've been down there, covered some championship rugby. Um, fantastic club and great acquisition for them, would you would you say? Yeah, unbelievable. And it's brilliant to see two qualified ex-Red Roses who are very experienced coaches um, taking on the reins of running an academy, um, both in Henley and ooh, the other place slips my mind. Um, but I, I don't know more details about it than that. Um, I haven't caught up with them, but very proud of, of, um, of both them. Kat's been kind of shaping her way through doing a lot of strength and conditioning and um, working with clients from, as a PT. And obviously Kim is fresh out of her job at Bristol. So it's brilliant that she's picked up a role so quickly. Um, and then yeah. finally, just a shout out to one of our earliest guests on the pod, um, Bryony Cleal has had the most ridiculous run of injuries. Um, wind in her hair, thrashing through um, Gloucester Hartbury. She posted a picture of it was basically David and Goliath, this poor girl <laughs> in front of her. Um, yeah, good to good to see her back out on the field. And they, Saris beat Gloucester Hartbury 36-10. I did like so, the fact that Big B said that the um, the shirts had shrunk since she last played. <laughs> Not lately. I've stuff just shrinking in my wardrobe when I take it out. So you I know what? Like this is a this is an actual top maybe just quickly you I know you've got a top tip but my top tip is don't worry about your clothes being slightly bigger um because everybody's clothes are tighter um I my like everything so my top tip is don't stress about it don't like everybody has put on weight in lockdown and if you didn't you're not eating enough <laughs> do you know what my top tip actually um feeds into that because I'm somebody who is very sedentary you know that as you know one of my closest friends it's something I'm not I'm built for comfort rather than speed um as I always say slash, I slash fly half when I pull you in for the yeah, um for the testimonial game I'm ready um, <laughs> um but I you know as I always say I like to call him James I don't know him well enough to call him Jim uh uh you know the gym that place with like the machine oh the, right I thought you were talking about my dad then I was like that's no, weird no, 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 no. no one calls him James <laughs> um but I read something the other day that said um five minutes is better than no minutes and it's really easy to like look at people posting their like 5k their 10k their half marathon on Instagram or kind of humble bragging about how much like they've done and it actually in the long run puts you off doing anything because yeah. you feel like you can't match that so five minutes is better than no minutes if it does mean just like getting out and having a bit of fresh air walking to the shop that will take you 15 minutes there and back, at least you've done something and you've had some fresh air and you've moved your body and I think that's important because we are working from home. We're sitting at the same table all day, even more so than when we're in an office. Like I was the queen of procrastination in the office. Like I used to, before I left Sky, I was drinking like six flat whites a day because it would mean that I'd be able to do the rounds of gossiping, going down to the cafe to get a coffee and come back up again and do gossiping. I'd be like offering to check people's pigeonholes for posts. <laughs> I would literally do anything I could to not sit on my chair all day. But working from home, you do find yourself that a lot, more time has passed and you haven't moved at all so that kind of five minutes is better than no minutes has been a real kind of mentality change for me over the past week or so and 
hey, I've already closed my activity ring and uh, have a tea. So, you know. I love that. I love that. And also the other thing is if you can, for those five minutes, leave your phone at home um, because, or leave your phone away because we spend so much time in front of a screen and just that mindfulness. I went for an hour and a half dog walk today. We needed to get out and needed to just try and reset my brain from the weekend. It was very, it was brilliant fun, but it was a lot of work for me with the travel as well. And um, we probably took me about 45 minutes of that walk. I didn't take my phone, but 45 minutes that walk to just actually stop my brain from yeah. like wearing. And if you don't even, and that was like a long walk. So um, yeah, try and have that break just to stop yourself from um, the, the screen time, but also the connectivity. I think yeah. you know deconnect deconnecting unconnecting unconnect disconnect disconnect <laughs> um right there. should we talk about some six stations as there was some all right games before we talk about what happened on the pitch let's talk about what happened on the app and match point obviously is ongoing it doesn't need to be said that Nolly and I continue to top the Legends League. You know, I'm not going to hammer that. Do we? Yeah, we're still one and two. No big deal. Okay. Um, I'm actually um, 12th in the tryhards, and you are 32nd in the tryhards league. So we're doing well. Uh, Rebecca Weir still tops that league. She went for a Scotland win on the weekend. Um, oh. So didn't cement, but she did get a perfect score, I think, or something ridiculous in um one of the other games uh, can I just say I've just clicked on my, I've just clicked on the app and I basically just predicted that England would win and France would win and my comment from the teachers is nice try I it's like <laughs> thanks for coming I've told the story before haven't I when I was at the Europeans and I played in all the games I got to the semi-final got injured tore some scar tissue in my hip so I was tracksuited up for the final and I went on and the girls won the tournament. So we won the Euros and it was like, yeah, great. I think it was like two legs or the, and it was yeah. the second. I don't even know. Anyway, they were on there and they got presented the medals and I was stood there I was with crutches. It wasn't even as if I was just in a random tracksuit. And he's like, well done, congratulations, congratulations, awesome, well done. And then he, and he got to me and he just said, thanks for coming. Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, and all the guys, I think it was Heather or someone was to know to me like, <laughs> just started laughing hey, at just me. said to him try off top tip five minutes is better than no minutes mate yeah. thanks for coming i got a thanks for coming at the world cup in 2017 as well oh, <laughs> um right okay so the match pint this week the winner of the guinness puffer jacket and some try hard stash is oh, drum roll. thanks for coming tom phillips um and gareth evans Dylan Harvey, Steve Jenkins, and Dylan Williams, all Welsh, all take home a pair of tickets for the women's Six Nations clash of their choice next year. So, congratulations. Congratulations, well done. guys. Um, <laughs> I feel like they might have been up there because they backed Wales. I feel like. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I didn't, but let's get on to that. Let's, let's start with England. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. 
Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Perhaps was it an improved performance or can you take very little from a game against Italy, not to disrespect them, but is it a difficult yardstick to measure? Um, I think Italy are playing good rugby. I'm going to I'm going to keep saying I said in the autumn I like some of the way that they play. There's loads of chatters in there about the relegation. I think we talked about it last <laughs> week. I, I lose how much time we talk about it because everyone talks yeah. about it. Um, I I think it's impressive that they scored two tries against England. Not many people actually do that, um, even the top sides. Um, yeah. But they were really basic errors so was that a slightly kind of like not concentrating as much because it's Italy and so there's like you know there's like it's basically lack of communication so whoever was inside Elliot Daly didn't communicate with him to shift and they got on the outside for the first try and then George Ford and I don't think it was Owen Farrell basically ran into each other like same channel so the concentration but that that to me was what as much as there was some really, there was some good stuff and they are starting to move the ball, it's lack of detail. Like the, the, this, I cannot believe how bad their catch and pass was, you know, and, you know, even to the point where Ben Youngs is a wonderful scrum half, um, detailed, normally amazing. He's hitting the grass, you know, the lot, 70 second, 77th minute, England go to, to kick the point. And, points are super important like especially when you play against Italy and especially the fact that they lost their first game and he walks up he's probably eight meters from the trial no maybe 10 meters from the try line he walks up he doesn't even hit the five meter line yeah. and they don't win the line out and the lineup gets turned over and England don't or they do win it and then it messes up and then they don't get the try and they don't get the seven points yeah. and I'm like it's lazy and I just as much as it's it's hard to be that brutal on the England boys, but if I was them and I was in that analysis, I would be, as much as Eddie keeps going on about, we're not focusing on our attack, that's tactical detail of the attack, that's structures, that's where do we put the ball, what moves do we play, on what phase do we shift, do we kick, all of those things, are we going edge to edge, all of those tactical decisions, technically England are so much more superior than they're showing. Is Eddie Jones and, then doing them by not focusing on tactics because their basic skill set seems to be lacking? Is that because they lack direction in attack because they don't have a clear attacking game plan as it stands? Eddie had said, I'm not going to look at this until after the Lions. 
is that what's letting them down? Because they're, are they perhaps not training set piece plays for attack and stuff like that? Like where- It's not even set piece. It's not even set piece. And that's the concern. Like some of the defense might have been, but, but actually, you know, there was a pass. I can't remember. I think it was from, I think it was uh, Henry Slade. It was difficult because I was at the ground. So I was watching it. I wasn't watching yeah. it on TV where you get to see the numbers as much. Um, someone had space to put Johnny May away and they hit him on the hip. And then there's other balls where, you know, they go into floor or it's just been turned over at the breakdown because there's not enough work on the floor. And it's, and actually, you know, a catch isn't necessarily always about the pass because the pass is affected by where the catcher is. So they're getting far too flat. They're overrunning things, their timing. It's honestly like they've never played together. And yet that team is one that we've seen for for a number of years now and I think that that's what's so surprising is that it and and why I suppose it was an underwhelming result for me was that actually you're world class when you're world class at your basics and then do the fancy stuff on top but the fancy stuff on top kind of came out against Italy because of the amount of ball that they badly kicked to England so England had the space to play it but at the same time it's the consistency of basics that makes you world-class. And that's, you know, and that's where I, you know, sit with the whole line selection and what we talked yeah. about with Scotland, like the repeating of that. So that's kind of what I'd say about that game. Um, Garbisi is a wonderful 10 with Italy, but I just, again, I said it all through the autumn, I said it last week, the kicking strategy, I just, it's bizarre. It's like force back. It's like a kick it as hard as you possibly can and see whether you can get them to, and if they catch it on the fall, they get to come forward five metres, but they get to come forward, they, they get to come forward 25 metres because Italy pass it back from the base, about 12 metre pass. But they, he also stands behind all of the forwards and all the backs. But then as the kicker, he doesn't go forward, which yeah. means if all of them are offside, none of them can, can move forward. So therefore... They're losing 12 metres to pass it back. They're losing any ability to have a good kick chase. It's bizarre. And like, Varney kicked a little bit. But the, if you don't have a nine that can't clearance and clear from the base and the blindside winger puts everybody on side, because it's basically for everyone that is new to the nuances of the laws, somebody has to put you on side. So, you know, and normally it's the blindside winger because that's who the person's closest to the scrum heart. So the forwards can get up. They don't have to think they can just move forward. Referees are picking up on any movement. I think Canna got penalised for moving forward be- before he was put on side. It's just bizarre. It's like, it's really, really bizarre because actually it lets down loads of their hard work. Um, it was like there was a refusal to put it off the field. At the moment. So Italy got slammed last weekend for the result against France. And you've talked at length over the past couple of weeks podcast about the fact that it is basics like them not finishing um but how much is there a tactical coaching issue at hand with Italy and how what do you think they could achieve what how good do you think they could be in the Six Nations what what teams would they give a run for their money if these small issues were ironed out perhaps I think like there was a massive improvement in their defense like I hammered them a little bit in commentary and then we talked about it last week their defense was pretty pretty poor against France they were they were grabbing and against Italy against England they were putting in some decent shots so I think from that perspective they've shown that improvement but kicking is such a fundamental part of the game and we'll talk about it with Scotland Wales right with Finn Russell who's the magician at, at 
at every attacking option. It's it's just why Garbisi puts it on his boot as far as he can. And then before that, it wasn't even Stephen Varney not box kicking. It was Callum Braley just didn't box kick for pretty much all of the autumn. It's just really, it's a really strange choice when both of those nines kick in club. It's not like this. It's not like it's a it's a player that doesn't have the skill. Me at fullback didn't kick, therefore I didn't kick for England. Like it was, just, do you know what I mean? Like you know, I could kick, but I didn't need. I at the time didn't need to, but also it wasn't part of my skill set. So we played with that, but they both have that that technical skill. So why not use it? Well, very quickly before we move on from this game, and I mean very quickly, so that we can get the others in. Johnny may try. We applaud him for his aerial acrobats and gymnastics. But Nigel Owens on Scrum 5 on Sunday evening did bring up the legality of this and the fact that by jumping, you, he can't be touched and it is a loophole in the law. What are your feelings on this? Um, it was a magnificent dive <laughs> and try, um, as in technically to hold the ball in one hand. I wouldn't be able to do it because my little mittens would drop the ball uh, mid-air. I'd do the dive. I'd love that. Loved it. <laughs> I could do a dive roll in gymnastics. I'd have been class at that. Um, could have even done it backwards, probably, backwards, handstand, but um, just couldn't have kept the ball. I think it's one of those things that has been, we've applauded the athletic ability to do it in mainly in super rugby we've seen it mainly in super rugby yeah. early doors it's now in gallagher prem it's a skill that players practice on crash mats on tackle shields reaching scoring one hand um and unfortunately it's one of those things that nigel explains really well so look back at the show but you basically if you're in the air you can't be touched and it's something that has it stretched the law so yeah. every time, every element of the game, we stretch the law as much as possible as players, as coaches, we're trying to work out how can you get the best out of it to, to your advantage. And then all of a sudden, when the, the new season starts, it's like, oh, we're going to hammer down on the jackler. We're going to hammer down on the line out throwing. We're going to hammer down on offsides on the kickoffs. And then everyone's like, oh, this is new law. It's like, no, no, no. We're just actually officiating the law. One um, thing, when you say they're practicing it in training, for clarity, they're not practicing these leaps and these one-handed put-downs from an aerial position to avoid a tackler. It's to avoid, surely, being grounded in touch. And the byproduct yeah. of that is that a player is avoiding being touched. And if they are touched, that then becomes an infringement. Yeah, it's the technical skill of diving because it's actually really quite hard. It's really quite hard to be able to dive and and also land so that you can put the ball out and make sure you reach the ball. Like now, obviously, the, the flag is not out. So that makes a bit of a difference yeah. before you were having to try and avoid that. I personally think that the law does need to be relooked at because it is a really fair point that Nigel Owens made. And I think it might be that it's the trajectory. So it might be that we're seeing um, a hip height dive or like some level of interpretation on the dive height yeah. because we don't want to stop people diving for tries like it's absolutely brilliant I've dived for tries in different ways before but it it is the whole point of it is as soon as you leave the floor you can't be tackled and then that takes away my absolute favorite is hammering someone into the court like into the touch just before they score a try because you're like yeah you woke yeah. up to chose violence, didn't you? Let's <laughs> move on to Murrayfield, Scotland <clears throat> Wales. I am ashamed to say that I went for a Scotland win on match point. Um, first things first, one thing I want to ask you about, when I said earlier on that 
Wales have won two games by accident. You come from an incredibly successful international test side. Is there merit to the old adage of, of winning becoming habit? The Wales, because Scotland are all of a sudden kind of becoming this team that everyone loves watching and they've beaten England in the Calcutta Cup, but they aren't a team who have perennially put those victories back to back. Whereas Wales, over the past 15 years, have won lots of games in this tournament. And, you know, they haven't been the whipping boys. And actually sometimes just knowing how to win on that stage and how to grind out a win is something that you can't teach and comes with experience. Yeah, I was talking to Ryan Jones about this because actually, for me, Scotland, everyone's saying, oh, they're really confident from, you know, the win against England. And actually it's it's surface confidence when it's not it's not a consistent, you know, they haven't consistently beaten England. It's a, it was a one-off game. And I think they should have been confident from the fact that they did play so well, but that isn't deep-rooted into them as people. I think... Um, <clears throat> For me, winning is based on confidence in what you're doing, confidence in your role, um, being good at it and being prepared to um, to push to a level that people that haven't won necessarily feel. Um, I think that sounds a bit odd, but actually look at France at the moment. You look at the energy and the, um, the concentrate and it's like, mental fatigue as much as physical fatigue and you know against Ireland they got that win because they didn't give away a penalty and they were pretty like they ground it out but they were very clever at that and they were controlled in that and I think the control comes from being able to have worked super hard um be fit be at the top of your game do you know what I mean um have good leaders making good choices to move you around the field in the right places so I think as much as the like winning becomes a habit, it's more and oh sorry, like not knowing how to lose and all that type yeah. of stuff. Actually, it's more for me, it's about mental attitude and the fact that you buy into what you're doing. And therefore, when you need to switch into a different level of concentration or a different level of fitness and fatigue, you keep going and you keep going and you keep going. And I think a really, really good example of it is the Blackburn Sevens. I think they are wonderful at, it's not like they just, they just don't give up. They do not believe that they're going to lose. And actually they will work. It's like they go to another pain cave of five, extra 5% from everybody when they, the, the pressure, it's like more work happens when the pressure yeah. comes on. Does that make sense? And I think it's that thing of like going into yourself and stuff like that. And we see a lot of teams who aren't used to winning do that. We hear that on commentary all the time. We hear that from past players like yourselves. It's watching players go into themselves. And I think a few Scotland individuals perhaps did that. Um, also forcing it. Like, so in early doors, um, Johnny Gray made a <laughs> wonderful line break. And he got through, got tackled, went to Hamish Watson, looks to shift it. He gets tackled. And actually, they're not forcing it. They're, they're comfortable with how they want to play. No, we've been here before. We don't need to take this extra phase where it's all good. And then and then Scotland score, right? So it's not forced. They're happy. And they're all black. Super happy to have another phase. When they're panicked, they forget that. And what happened when Duan van der Merwe makes the line break? He makes the line break. He gets tap tackled. All of a sudden, there's this absolute panic tries to offload to Stuart Hogg, ball gets turned over, game gone. Why did he do that offload? Why did he need to? 
all of Wales, apart from two players, were offside. If they'd got another phase, they'd shifted it and probably scored. So it's it's that confidence <laughs> of understanding how to play the game. And it's not win the game, it's it's play the game to be successful, if that makes sense. How good are Wales's tap tackles over the past two weeks, though? You know what? They're so funny, tap tackles. They're brutal when you get tap tackled. There's literally nothing you can do. It's in, And sometimes it's worse because you... When you get hit, someone you... tap tackle you five meters out, or someone nail you five meters out. <sighs> maybe being nailed actually, maybe being nailed because when you get tap tackled, you don't. So weirdly, when you learn, when you get, when you obviously learn in the game, you learn in when you get put hit, your body instant like instinctively reacts to being hit so you can and it's difficult obviously if you get completely blindsided because you're not expecting it but most of the time you prepare and brace for the tackle and you can ride the tackle and you know they're coming from here the ball needs to shift to here and it just happens you know you as the more you experience it you don't think about it it's just instinct whereas from a tap tackle you're not because you're not expecting it and your own body you end up like an absolute like like sausage like <laughs> Like those things like, like car garages. Yeah, like, you end up like woo, and then like you lose control of the ball, or it's just really awkward. Um, yeah, but then yeah, being wacky, the testimonial game, and like <laughs> what I'm going to do. Um, Scotland have got France in Paris next. How can they bounce back from this? It's almost you don't want to say embarrassing loss, but it's that thing of them being a, this heavily favourited tag ahead of the Wales game to walking away from that loss, which would have really hurt them. It would have really hurt them, but I actually don't think that they should be embarrassed by it because Wales beat Ireland the week before. And I think, you know, they also went down to 14 players, um, which, do you know what I mean? was kind of, it did, Lewis Rees-Samet was unbelievable. The try he took, um, but actually the way that they played, like where where was the damage being done? Like the turning point was not taking their opportunity. If they'd taken that try when it was um, off, uh, and like offside, um, no, what was it? Blocking. Um, yeah. I think the scoreline would have been 24-8, maybe. Yeah. Totally different ball game because from that they get a penalty, they shift it down, get the line out, then the red card happens, and then like, do you know what I mean? It's like game changed, gone. Um, and I think those are the types of things that you go, oh my god, it's so frustrating. Oh, we did, but they did a lot of the hard work. They yeah. actually got over the line a lot of the stuff that they would have wanted to see. But sometimes the scoreline doesn't replicate that awesome yeah. work. And I think that's what they need to take from it. And I'm sure they'll take against France. It's like we've done all of this good work. It's fine, let's put it in. I think France are the ones under the pressure, not Scotland. Can Scotland beat France in Paris? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and park them. Obviously, this will be the last time we speak now for the next fortnight because it's Wales v England and we just will hate each other because life is oh, tribal okay. and you know Well, you're favourites for the game, so <laughs> I'm I'm not right actually chatting. We're not. England are favourites of the bookies. Really? Yep. England's favourites with the bookies, which surprises me. Now, England with 15 men. We haven't beat 15 men so far. <laughs> I'm 
Cardiff. Um, Cardiff. Um, I think this could be the game that Wales like actually look like a good team and like do something as opposed to just frustrated opponent. Um, and then obviously Grand Slam in Paris. Um, but you went for an England win on Scrum Five. How confident of that are you? Um, uh, for me, it relies on them just coming up with their basics. And I feel like if they, if they, the passes aren't going behind, if they're actually sticking, if they're looking after the ball, um, I think the finishers and the, the guys coming off the bench are brilliant. I thought Dan Robson was class when he came off the bench. And I thought Jamie George, interestingly, coming off the bench, added more than when he started the week before. Yeah. Um, Luke Kandicki's first start for Six Nations, I thought he was class. Um, I think it's, it's that bench moment. It's those moments. And it's the biggest thing for you guys is your selection. It's really fascinating uh -huh. hearing like what, what order you pick people in when you've got people like George North, you know, on the wing, on the centres, he's a form player, what he does. Yeah. But then you know what, if you get your centre partnership wrong and you and they don't function, Scotland scored two first phase plays against you and, and England have the ability to do that. And actually Wales' defence only came alive in the second half when they, it was like weird, like they all of a sudden it was like, yeah, we got this boys, let's go. And then like go and whack them. Whereas before that, in their like structured play, I think they were poor. So I think Dan Bigger was like wasn't good. What he does in Northampton, I said this on the show. What he does in Northampton, some of Northampton attack is unbelievable. The try he set up a couple of months, a month or so ago was wicked, but he doesn't seem to bring the team to life in Wales. I don't know why. I don't yeah. know what it is, but it's for me. If I. It's like Wales, in a structured way, weren't performing. As soon as they went unstructured and were able to just play, which actually falls into Callum Cheedy's hands because the way Bristol yeah. play, Lewis Rees Dammit because he's just electric, they were magnificent. And that was the same with defence. Their structured stuff, they got wrong. Their unstructured stuff was really good. So yeah. how I'm much going can well, right in two weeks? Um, I have got five minutes because I've just been texted by mum to say that my dinner's ready. Um, so, <laughs> Island Karen. Um, Island, no Sexton. Um, and were France as, as um, spectacular as they were the week before or did they fail to impress this weekend? Well, we were kind of watching the game whilst we were prepping for the show and the first half can't really remember which probably sums up the game um second half I just think um well neither team took points and, and I think Jalibert missing kicks is big but then at the same time Callum Sheedy did and it is big and everyone's like oh you need a good tan and I've been drawn into that and I'm like but what magic do they bring on the field yeah. as well um I think just I on that game. I don't, sorry, not Dupont. I don't know what Entermax kicking percentages are compared to Jalibert, but I believe that he will be fit to return as of the next match. So it'll be interesting mm. to see if they do make a change at the end because we know that Dupont and Entermax are the dream combo. <laughs> um, I, um, yeah, no, that's it. It's an interesting one. I like Jalibert as a player, I think. Fiku in the centre is brilliant for them. Yeah. I think he's class. Um, 
Penno as well. He's like an absolute like train once he gets going. Um, I, yeah, I think the, the thing for me is the fact that Dupont got the turnover at the end of the game and he still doesn't smile. I just like, it's just brilliant. I just. <laughs> it's weird for me that Ireland, and I don't mean that like, you know, I'm not taking a pot shot at anyone here, but the two most turgid and interesting, least entertaining matches of the tournament have been Ireland's two games so far. So they're just not a team that you like sign up to watch. Excited about, yeah. yeah it'd be interesting. Okay. It'd be interesting to see, like, um, well, actually, you know, from watching more Pro 14, it's weird because you see some games and they're brilliant, and then some of the games are actually rubbish. It's yeah, like there's like no there's middle ground. There, you know, Hugo Keenan and you know Robbie Henshaw, James Lowe, they're all fantastic talent. I mean, the big thing for me for Italy is. We've seen John Cooney in an island tracksuit last week. Let's see him in an island jersey. You know, I can't imagine that Papa Faz is going to make wholesale changes for Italy because they've lost two games and they need to have, I guess, that courage of conviction now and decide who they are, what they're about with 2023 on the horizon um, and how they start to kind of strip Sexton and, and Sexton's ways out of that team. Um, That's the problem, isn't it? There's a lot of... Bathwater, are they? Nah, and they... They, they came back at France and France were brilliant. Like France were a different team in terms of their discipline. Their discipline is so bad. Like it was about, there was so many penalties last season and actually, you know, like red, flying reds and all sorts yeah. of stuff. Um, whereas actually they held it. They held it, got the turnover, got the win, um, which is credit to them. But Italy looked good. Like, like at times they've got some players that were unbelievable. Andrew Porter, it's like, uh, um, he or Lou said, it's, you know, he fascinates me because, I really enjoy watching him play. There's not many props I enjoy watching play, but he's just brilliant because he's so I mean, unassuming. One, one prop today, you love it. You wish wow. you were in that front row union. No, I don't. I I wouldn't. I said that I um, if I ever went into the into the scrum in sevens, I should retire. So I think on that note, do you know what? Goodbye. I'm going to leave you with a quote. <laughs> I heard a quote today, and I thought Nolly is going to love this. I'm going to read it to you because I felt like this was something that we can sign the tryhards off with for this week. And I just thought it was really interesting. Talent hits the target no one else can hit. Genius hits the target no one else can see. You can't see anyway, so. But <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I just thought, oh, Nolly will enjoy that. That's that kind yeah, of I like, like that. I do like a quote. Like that. She'll ruminate on that. Um, on that note, guys, um, continue with your match point predictions. You've got a weekend off to hone your skills. Um, keep getting in touch with us. Uh, if you want us to chat about things on the podcast, let us know. And if you've Did anyone reach out about your tickets? Nobody has. Nobody has. So, I mean, they're still up for grabs, guys. Um, get in touch. Maybe we could do a Twitter competition. There's not as many kind of like charity um, raffles and stuff going on at the moment. So it's got darker and darker as we recorded this. And Nolly's now <laughs> essentially into like complete nighttime and looks like she's on some sort of like Bear grills in the wild reality show, um, which might be fish. Might be fish has got, no, I've fish left London. Stop it. To be continued. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 